This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 275, Tournament 5, Sign-Ups, and Spirit Spirit Island. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Okay, I have to ask you what what were you referencing? I I I know what that sounded like to me, but I want to know what you were singing. What I wasn't referencing anything. You weren't. I, right. I wasn't. No, I was. Well, uh, I there is a Gullah Gullah. There you go. Okay, thank like. goodness. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. That's all. Right. all. It, that, that's all it was. Okay. I, I, I'm, we I turned on Gullah Gullah Island one time for Molly. It's funny to put on like '90s kids shows for a child. Yeah, we used to have shows where like real human beings would hang out yeah. and the kids would watch. And yeah. we, we don't do that we anymore. We don't do that anymore. Uh, you do on YouTube. YouTube is the new 90s kids shows. Now you have Miss Rachel and Miss Rachel just uh, spells things with her mouth at you. Yeah. Spells. What? What does that even mean? It's what like, do you mean? It's like, do, 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 and like circles <laughs> her mouth. Oh, f- over, over. <laughs> And the kid's like, this yeah, is, this is content. That's entertainment. <laughs> that's entertainment. It's watching a it's woman slow talk at the camera. It's edutainment. slow, condescending yeah. talking at your child. Yeah, that's exactly Molly's right. going to grow up and be like, I don't know why, but I just think everyone's always talking down to me. And it's going to be because of Miss no, Rachel you know, or whatever. You know what the real haunting thing is, is that today, and this is, I don't, this is not a judgment I actually care about. But, you know, what kids actually watch these days is uh, YouTube of kids playing with, other, like, other kids playing with toys. That's just, that's, like, what's cool. It's just, I'm just going to watch that kid play with some toys. Wow. I wonder if eventually where this is headed is, is a society where no one experiences firsthand joy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's, like, one person that does all of the joy or the entire world and we just watch that one person do and have fun they're seemingly having fun and enjoying their life but as we all know the act of doing joy for content creation sucks all of the life out of the joy so it affirms that no one is enjoying anything There is no firsthand joy that is being experienced in the world anymore. It's just like one guy and we're like, that guy's great. We all love that guy. And then you talk to that guy and he's like, I'm really stressed out. I have I'm to be like, vessel. enjoy. I have to enjoy a lot of stuff every day. And uh, it's, it's kind of overwhelming how much people expect me to enjoy things. But, you know, I live a, I mean, I can't complain. I live a comfortable life. I'm living the dream, you know? It's the dream, right? I can't <laughs> complain is going to be the millennial like <laughs> epitaph on all of our grace. I can't. Yeah, yeah. Let's all pledge right now. If you're in your 30s right now, if you're a millennial, you have to get I can't complain on your tombstone. Let's all do it. Let's all make a tombstone pack. Yeah. All right. Pinky promise, Pinky's everybody. Pinky's up, secure. everyone. Wow. What is the energy we're bringing to this episode? It's an off topic. I don't know. 
But we have important business, as we do with often off-topic. We tease people. We say, this is an episode that if you're like a big TI person, maybe you would end up accidentally skipping this one. And so we jam-pack it with all of the most important information. And then I later complain that nobody listened to the information, yeah. even though I yeah. hid it. Yeah, so this episode has uh, two halves. The second half is what you've been promised, which is us talking about Spirit Island. But for the first half... We have some business, yep. okay? We have to talk about Tournament 5. The sign-ups, uh, the window for you to sign up is closing right. as of right now. If you're hearing my voice and you intend on signing up and you haven't, and you're listening to this episode right when it comes out, you need to just do it right now. Yep. Just do it right now. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Right? November I 30th is the end of the deadline. Anybody who joins the patron December 1st, I am sorry to say, will not be added to my list. It's too much extra work for me to go through to dig yeah. through all of the extra things. that It's, it's a whole thing. But what we yeah. do for signups for our big time, super cool Patreon tournament is I look through all of the people who are a member of our Patreon in October or November of this year, and mm -hmm. you will receive an email at the same email address that is attached uh -huh. to your Patreon. If that's not the address you want to get stuff at, you better go update your Patreon information right now. <laughs> I see, I see. And, and Matt, what Patreon level do you have to sign up for in order to get in on the... Like that is the level is bottom level, the $5 Galactic Counselor level. All Galactic Counselors and above are invited to the Patreon tournament. Uh, and okay. the date of those invites is going to be Saturday, December 10th. That is when okay. the big email, check your inbox, refresh your email yeah. inbox over and yeah. over and over again on December 10th. And that is going to be at 20 o'clock UTC, 2000 UTC. That's a European evening. That's an American afternoon. That is an Australian morning. I believe it's a bit on the early side of the Australian morning, but that is the, we have found the best sort of time for all people to have relatively understandable access and time to sit down with the form. So 2000 yeah. UTC on December 10th, refresh the heck out of your email inbox to receive I, an invite. It will be a Google form. You go to that Google form, you fill it out. Now the whole thing is the way we basically have to treat this tournament is we know we won't reach enough people to get four full rounds. So some people will get a buy round and the fairest way that is also within the restrictions of what Patreon allows us to do with your money, meaning we can't do gambling, we can't do roulettes, we can't do stuff like that. The fairest way we can do it is first come, first serve. It is just the best method. I hate it. It's not a process I enjoy doing. I don't like asking right. people to fill out a form as fast as possible. But it is legally the best method for us to attack this problem. So yeah. the first people in up to some number that we don't know yet will get a buy round into the prelims. We don't know that number until we know the total number of entrants, and the total number of entrants changes the number of qualifier matches we have to do before the prelims. So that is a floating number of people that will receive a prelims buy. So that's the reason right. people want to fill this thing out quickly. So 
We've also done something this year to help you out a little bit and available at time of listening. I've po- I'm, I'm going to be posting it all over the Discord. It'll be in the show notes is a mock version of the sign up form so that you can familiarize yourself with everything that will be on that sign up form before it comes to your email in- inbox at 2000 December 10th so that you can maybe even have all of your responses typed out. And then all you have to do is copy and paste them into all of the fields of the Google form and then click submit. And you could have yourself submitted to the form within 45 seconds. And guess what? I bet even that is not fast enough to guarantee you <laughs> a spot into the buy round. So please yeah. pretend the buy round is a random event that is just gifted to some people. But realistically, right. legally, it's going to the first people on the form. But many, right. many, many of you are going to fill out the form within milliseconds of each other. So it's true. It is what it's it true. is. <laughs> yeah. So just to just to make sure it's I understand. I'm trying to figure out. I just have to go to the Space Cast Peace Turtles Patreon and then subscribe at Galactic Council level. Yep. Give five dollars yep. and then I'm in. You are invited on December 10th if you've done that first thing. Okay, Matt, do you want to check uh, the Space Cats Peace Turtles uh, Gmail real quick? Because I just want to make sure of something real quick. I just wanted to see if you maybe got any notification. <laughs> He's laughing, everybody. <laughs> Oh, I oh, we have a new email here. It's from uh yeah yeah. What's the it's, who's uh, the, it's from Patreon.com. It's a new five dollar patron. Yeah meet, yeah. Who you got there? Uh, meet Hunter Donaldson. No, I'm in everybody. I am officially <laughs> participating a in tournament five. I just gave myself two fifty to do it. <laughs> just kidding. Actually, Patreon gets some of it as well. Yeah, you get you just gave you just donated some money to Patreon <laughs> so that you can all do this I did. joke. I just gave Patreon some of my own money, ladies and gentlemen, because I want to be just like you, yeah. okay? <laughs> I want to be on the list. I want to experience every aspect of the tournament. And if I miss out on the regular signups, now, am I going to try and get the buy round? You bet I'm gonna, okay? <laughs> I probably won't get it. I'm lazy, yeah, okay? Yeah. I'll probably forget when the signups go out. <laughs> But I'm going to try to, and I'm not going to sign up early either. Obviously, I could get a hold of the form yeah. before any of y'all can. I'm not doing well, that. Well, it gives a timestamp. I'll know if you cheated. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Matt will know if I've cheated, and trust me, Matt is not going to let me cheat. Yeah. But I am going to try and get that buy I don't I want Hunter cool. to do this at all, so trust me, I won't <laughs> let him get away with anything stupid. <laughs> Yeah, the worst case scenario of this for Matt is that Matt has to commentate yeah, exactly. the finals by himself. <laughs> like, it's not a good deal for Matt, all right? He does not want this. Yeah. Um, okay, so here's some more information for everybody. Again, expect that email December 10th. The signups are open for one week. So at 2000 UTC on December 17th, the following Saturday... We will close the signups and I will turn off the form and new entries will not be allowed and that will allow us to determine the number of people in the tournament. We have to turn it off at some point. I can't just allow open enrollment all year long. That's not to say you can't get into the tournament. Just so we're always clear about this. The the wait list is something that has always existed and has been relied on heavily in all previous years of the tournaments. Uh, You can even expect that if you aren't able to make it to the tournament, but you want to try and you get early on the waitlist, something like up to like 25 people get like in. There's a lot of people that sign up 
at this time period and then forget about all of this because it's like two months until their game and then they're like oh wait actually there's just no way i can schedule this thing just just give right, my spot right. to a waitlister there are always ample opportunities to still get into the tournament later but if you want to guarantee your spot sign up within that first week december 17th is the final time and then after we close the signups we will release our reveal of the tournament qualifiers draft and map slash slices, depending on kind of what all of that's going to look like. We will reveal essentially what the qualifier round will look like so that you right. can begin all of your practice games and thinking and theory crafting and all that stuff. You'll basically have from December 17th to the new year to think about how excited you are to play in tournament five. Right. Yeah, it's it's going to be really exciting. Um, I am uh, happy to announce that on December 18th, uh, the day after the the closing of the signups uh, and after the reveal of the draft and slices, I'm going to do uh, something I pretty much have done every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be doing a mock game, a mock qualifier game uh, in order to uh, train myself, you know, because <laughs> uh, I got to be trained up. I got to be ready um, since I'm going to win tournament five. I have to, you know. I'm definitely not going to get stomped in my first game. <laughs> How could that be possible? Um, everyone knows that if someone is expected to win Twilight Imperium, they will. They always do. Ha ha ha. But I'll be hosting a mock game. Uh, I got to find some players for that, but it will be on the 18th on Twitch, probably starting around 10 or 11 a.m. Eastern time. Yes. Uh, if you would like to be a streamer, of the qualifiers this is more or less an open invite Uh, i mean i i want to keep tabs on like who it is and what their channels are and all that but there are too many qualifiers and they all overlap in such a way that no one single twitch channel can stream all of the games at a time yeah but we would like it if it's possible for all of the games to be recorded it is not a requirement i will say that much however last year the qualifier streamers went above and beyond and made it to where we did get every single game streamed. I think one of those games recording ended up getting kind of lost to the either, which, hey, I've been there, all right? Sometimes the VOD stuff doesn't go so smooth. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. Yeah, it happens. But uh, we did get every game streamed. And so if you just want to try your hand at streaming some Twilight Imperium, commentating some Twilight Imperium. It is an open invite. All you have to do is request the role on our Discord, and we will have a video. We have a video from last year that would still be relevant, but we'll probably update it on essentially how to stream Twilight Imperium. And if it's just something that interests you and you want to even try it just once, the qualifiers are a perfect time to do that. There's tons of people looking for games, and those people are looking for someone to stream their game. Again, it's not a requirement that your game be streamed, but it does make everything else in the process a lot easier if there's a video record of your game for us to refer back to. So uh, if you want that, the uh, the streamer's guide I hope to have out before Christmas, basically. Uh, hopefully maybe even by December 17th, but th- we got a lot of stuff on our plate even before that date. So uh, again... Request the role for qualifying streaming. Other than that, you will have qualifier roles applied to you on our Discord, which means you should join our Discord right now. If you want to play in this tournament, right. the games are Absolutely. on our Discord. You need to do voice chat on our Discord. So you, if, if you don't like Discord, I'm sorry, you got, you got to come hop on or use a burner account, whatever it is. I don't care. Uh, you you got to come hang out 
on our Discord to play these games. Might as well join now. You're going to have to, or else I'm going to email you feverishly begging you to join so that I can assign the role to you, because that's how I organize all of this. And then once you have the role, you can start scheduling your qualifying match. The way that works is an open sort of process. It worked beautifully last year, so I have actually utmost confidence that this is going to go really smoothly, which is just that we end up making a bunch of threads on Discord. When you join up on the Discord, you can look and you can see what all game times have already been proposed by someone. Someone will just be like, "Hey, I could I could do my qualifying match uh, January fifth at at this time at ten UTC. That's like a good time for me. And if that is a good time for you, you just kind of message that person on the Discord and say, "Yeah, I can join that game, and we'll add you to it, and we get everybody added to the thread. And if you join on and you don't see a time that is relevant for, for you, guess what? Why don't you propose a time?" Just hop in there and say, I want to start a game at January 7th at 1400 UTC. That's a good time for me. And the more people that just start taking an active role in it, the faster we can get these games done. The goal for all of these qualifying matches, however many it is, I expect it to be more than 80 total games. Is that right? 80 games? No, it was it was 80 between the qualifiers and the prelims last year. I think that's right. No, I, th I thought it was 80 it was qualifiers 80, yeah. last year. No, you're year. right. It was 80 yeah, qualifiers. probably games, be somewhere around. And we expect to have at least a little bit more than that. We want all of those games. Let's call it 100 qualifying matches. We Ew. want all of those to take place during January and hopefully done before the end of February. So that's the time frame you need to be thinking about trying to make your game happen. And if you for some reason are like 100% unavailable January and February, that's not good news for me, I guess. <laughs> Try to, to we, we, we the goal is qualifiers January and February. We will also be there to help you find people for your matches if that becomes a difficult process. It's not like we're completely hands-off here. We'll help you find games. And then once all of the qualifiers are played, then we will start the prelims. So the prelims are intended to start by late February or early March. Yeah, and I wanted to say something about me and Matt and streaming. Um, while this is going to be the first year, actually, it's not really the first year because we for Tournament 2, we didn't. We didn't upload every game either. We just right. did the semis, didn't we? Yeah. Um, this is going to be a year where, yeah, the the YouTube is not going to have that like perfect, pretty uh, every games. prelim game streamed by Space Cast Peace Turtles and and lovingly edited and everything like that. It might be a little more piecemeal this year. Yeah. Um, but I want you to know that my plan is to still participate in the streaming right. as much as I possibly can. Right. It'll probably end up being like an every other weekend for me kind right. of deal um, as every weekend uh, is too much well, uh, because it doesn't make sense to not play the game myself. Right. Anymore. Well, and, and even within that, the, the real daunting part of the prelims is Hunter and I trying to stream all 36 games, which even in I mean, the last two years we've called in help, right? We've we've called yeah. in uh, people who did really well during the qualifying streamers. We asked them to be streamers last year. The year before yep. that, we partnered with Flat Tomatoes and Duke Lukem, and they streamed mm -hmm. a third of the games. Um, so the goal this year, though, is the, the problem with the prelims is having games that never overlap means the prelims takes an, an inordinate amount of time, and that's right. been the struggle of the tournament in the past few years. So it's less having a game to stream every weekend, and it's more having a game to stream every single weekend for 12 straight weeks nonstop. Right. That's the difficult part of the prelims. So the goal this year is the prelims will be very similarly structured to the qualifiers. We'll be more hands-on because with a smaller pool of people means it's a lot harder to find 
specific game times for you. But there will be prelims games that overlap. That's what we're allowing for this year, is essentially just the yep. idea that maybe there's like eight games in one weekend because it's just a really easy weekend for everybody to have the time to play and we don't want to not have access to getting things done that quickly so the prelims right. are intended to be done within a month that's the goal rather than a three-month process the prelims should be done within a matter of weeks this year we will that that means again be using some of our you know most available and most helpful qualifying streamers we will basically invite you to continue streaming during the prelims if you are available and then maybe we can still get all those games streamed and we can get them in a nice little pretty playlist on mm. the youtube that connects to everybody's accounts and whatever you know we want all these games logged we want this stuff out there it's just a matter of the having the the people power <laughs> to make it actually happen yeah. so again yeah. the prelims hopefully done within march and then we get to start the semis as early as April this year, with the goal being the finals could be potentially like April 22nd or 29th, which is a lot better than August, which is the way it's right. been the last two years. So we're trying to get this stuff done in a realistic time frame where it doesn't consume the entire show's like six to seven months of the year or whatever that's the overarching goal of all this and that's why the prelims are going to feel different this year and why the qualifiers are such like this huge monument of a million things happening at once right yeah um i'm hoping that you know in years past there have been uh like there was ska baron one year and uh kraken most years yes organizes the results yeah. of each game uh, to kind of give you an idea of like how everything's going. Um, and I have loved that. And I hope that, you know, I hope that Kraken does that again. I'm hoping to actually provide a graphic, our own, uh, an SCPT graphic yeah. where I'm going through looking at the results and like putting it up there so that you can see, yep. you know, like who is winning, uh, what faction is doing well, you know, what factions are doing poorly, yep. uh, what slice is doing well, so that you can all, um, you know, have your your weird uh, debates over what this data means yes. while everyone uh, that's sensible is just like, is this enough data? And it never is. It's yeah. never enough, by the, the way. The huge benefit of us kind of organizing and then letting the games happen and letting other people stream the games is we have more time to do that kind of stuff where we get to sort of overview the tournament. You know, I'm hoping for stuff too, like Stad's qualifier report, but also I want to get more involved in telling the stories of this year's qualifiers. Last year it was like the experiment and it was just trying to not wear too many hats at once. This year we have a better idea of like what we can take on. And so I, I think we hope for all of that stuff to feel all a bit more cohesive while still sharing with the community and having everybody help out in whatever ways they want to you know hunter and i aren't statisticians we don't know the best cleanest way to clean to, to like display the crazy information that people like the parsley sage and all of them and, and drago thaxon right. those people do amazing work we want them to still do that we want to highlight Absolutely. their work but we want to be able to also sort of put it all together in in one package so that's really the goal of this year's tournament is to make it a more confined event so that we can all tackle it together rather than it being this endurance test that takes the entire year uh, and we're all burned out on by the end of it yeah yeah well i gotta say matt um I, i'm really excited about having uh 
pledge uh being <laughs> have pledged some money you know to the because yeah, i'm I'll just know, hearing you talk about all this you know I'm what's like, hilarious oh, cool. is on our outline here that you, you made sure to include a little special mention here of just like thanking everybody for being a part of the patreon and and so hunter i mean hunter donaldson thank you for your you know your support of the well show. no i'm a galactic I, i'm a galactic council's counselor so i i don't get thanked by name in the <laughs> In the cra- I, I should not get it's thanked true, by yeah, name. I'll, I'll I redact like, that. So. I'll just go I, I'm not a it. weird bear or yeah. uh, Mama's lovely larva. No. Yeah. Um. So so you don't need to thank me in the credits of this episode. Um. And to be honest, Matt, you'll never need to thank me for this show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it wouldn't really be. It doesn't seem right for you to thank me for it. Because actually, we just kind of both work for the show. You know. So it's not really. We wouldn't thank each other for. It. It's kind of yeah, weird. Well. You know. In earnest, we do have to thank everybody for being a part of this year. Uh, it's it's more patrons at a single time than we've ever had. Um, it's, yeah, it's a it's a very it's really nice to know that uh, people still uh, fervently believe in this very strange project and this very weird thing that we all do. Uh, at times, yeah. it feels impossible that all of this works, uh, but it works because there are hundreds of people that want to be a part of this tournament, and uh, that means a lot to us. So, uh, yeah, from the bottom of our heart. Uh, thank you. Yeah, uh, it's always so fun to see what you know, what kind of journey the various players will go on yeah. in uh, in each tournament. Uh, and I think Tournament Five uh, will be very exciting as far as the uh, the storylines that will be kind of developed. Yep. Um, and I hope they'll there there will be as much uh, exciting, just like kind of you know, uh, there's always like rumors of, well, there was this game and this crazy thing happened. And then we have (laughs) eyes on like a specific player or something like that. And I feel like every, every winner of the tournament has been like kind of a, a kind of like an archetype of player. Yeah. And I always wonder, like, I wonder what type of player is going to win Mm -hmm. tournament five. Mm -hmm. Um, if you think about it, we've had, you know, we've had a lot of players from a lot of different regions and, um, not a whole lot of repeat, you know, stuff. Right. And so I'm kind of excited to see in tournament five, like what we get, you know, I'm American. So that would mean that it would be the second American to win. <laughs> Can't tournament. have that. It's, I think it's time for, uh, for continental Europe to, to find their, their win in this year's tournament. Continental Europe already found it, you know well, what I mean? Twice. Yeah. Twice at this point, <laughs> you know, and for all we know, you know, they might even have three, you know, uh-huh. continental Europe. As I've always said this, and I love that we separate um, uh, the UK and Europe, by the way. Sure. It's, you know, it's what they would want. Um, but <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I, I haven't, I just haven't got to do that joke in a while. But no, uh, they're overperformers, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Because I wouldn't, I, I don't feel like there's a lot of, like, I feel like there's not as many players that are from that group. Sure. But they all tend to do Well, it's uh, a weird well. one, right? Because one of our winners is the Invitational Tournament winner to the Deaf Piper, which yeah. is a harder one to classify because the Invitational is kind of a different, it's a different style of tournament. It's a very different thing. Um, right. But then this last year's Continental European winner is not from continentally it's like a different it's it's yeah but lives there right either way i'm excited for what uh style of player seems to benefit from this year i think we learn a lot about not just twilight imperium in general but how twilight imperium is shifting it's a game that is constantly changing over time with what is considered good and bad play and so i'm 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 excited for like what happens within this year's uh, style of play and, and how we see things shift and what factions we see 
rise to the top that we thought were bad. <laughs> I, yeah. I wonder if we'll have another surprise showing from some faction we had written off due to last year's poor performance. Yeah, you know what I just realized that's like really funny um, is like, you know, I have this stats page that I've been working on since before tournament three, I think is when I started building it. Yeah. So it's been a while now. Um, this will be, you know, the fifth tournament to kind of go into the old overall thing. Um, and I realized that since I'm participating in it, we have to put my name in there. Yeah. But, you know, like last year, there were 600 something participants, which means there is a page yeah. with 600 players yep. in like a list, like their outcomes. I'm not even talking about like I have like this page that has all the games on it um, and various yep. uh, pieces of information. Um, but then there's like this other list that just has every single player and like basically how they did even divorced yep. uh, from their game, like like whatever factors it is that I'm using, who knows. Um, and now I'm going to have to have my own name uh -huh. in that list. And because, let's face it, I'm not going to do that well. I'm just going to be like the 400th person. <laughs> my own but there's like, gonna be list. this there's gonna be this fun there's gonna be this fun push and pull because i don't do this stats page and you're gonna be on the stats page and you have the opportunity to be like hmm maybe i think this factor is more important suddenly maybe maybe i was 400 but no, now i'm, I'm 382 maybe maybe that's just boosts be, no, my I'm number be a like, little bit no I'm going to be like nobody. Yeah. I'm just going to be like uh -huh. just some random person yeah. on the list. And well, I, every time I'm going to go to tournament five and I'm going to see just like, I'm going to scroll all the way down and I'm going to be like, oh yeah, there I am. <laughs> there is another we hunter that's that far outperforms you. And, uh, He's 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 quite a humble checkmate, I would say. So that, that, yeah, that the hunter true. on yeah. your list that that scores highly is uh is not yeah. the hunter you were looking for. <laughs> yeah, humble checkmate has really good stats. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. His uh, humble checkmate stats on my page are uh, quite quite good. Um, we should take a break, we though, should. shouldn't we, before we get into Spirit Island? Yep. Yeah, let's uh, thank you for listening to all of these important announcements about Tournament 5. Uh, share them vociferously with everyone on the Discord who comes and asks about it. Uh, tell them to listen to the whole 30 minutes of rambling we just did. We're horrible about announcements. Uh, we, we Instead of giving you a flyer, we give you a 30-minute piece of audio to check out. So uh, yeah. there you go. Do that. And when we come back, it's time to talk about the game that has been plaguing the Galactic Council for over a year... Mm -hmm. Hunter and I finally played Spirit Island. Okay, we're back and we get to have some fun now. It was all business. It's it's like a mullet. Business in the front, party in the back here uh, on Space Cat's Peace Turtles. Hunter, you played Spirit Island and guess what? Ding dang it, so did I. Uh, Whoa! Yeah, we both we didn't play it together because <laughs> I no, I don't play board games with my friend Hunter. I how could we <laughs> how could we play it together? What would that even mean? You know what I mean? What what could we be like? How could we play this game? How could we make time? I don't know. I don't know. To enjoy games together, mm -hmm. I don't get it. It's nope. not our thing. That's nope. not how we do stuff yeah. at all. Uh, okay. But I was, of course, uh, I, I was coached by the always uh, uh, voting for Spirit Island, Absol. Absol's a big push uh, for making Spirit Island happen on this show, and she took the time to teach me this game, and it was a wonderful journey to have someone very experienced play, to play the game with. Uh, but Hunter, your 
experience was uh quite different a little than different that. yeah a little different uh we didn't have an expert um it was <laughs> myself and uh sean and shelton who you may uh uh recognize from an episode a few episodes back actually yep. maybe quite a few at this point mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know my life all blends together um <laughs> but yeah they've been on the show and uh the three of us uh sat down to play spirit island um we played three games um not always with three uh we also had uh my girlfriend vika uh what played with us uh mm-hmm. once so we've done a four player game and then two three player games yeah um and we were learning just the base game we had no expansions yeah and we just learned it by ourselves yep. we just looked at the book by the, the way, way god <laughs> intended <laughs> what the way god intended we did it uh we just bumped around in the rule book not the best rule book i've okay. ever experienced but not the worst yeah, either sure. okay not the worst <laughs> all right it was all right it wasn't it wasn't horrible sure. yeah we we learned it and we we played it and it uh it's a really good game hey I'm, i want to go ahead and say this. there's a reason top. it's had a vote yeah there's a reason there's like a whole team of people that are trying to make us play this game because it's good we should talk about what it is though because it's kind of surprising that Space Cats fans, on paper, it's surprising that people really, really want us to play this game. So yeah. uh, the main reason I say that is because Spirit Island is a cooperative game. Um, and Twilight Imperium is like the opposite of that, right? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, It doesn't get a lot more just like vaguely competitive than Twilight Imperium. Uh, yeah. Spirit Island is uh, a a crunchy cooperative experience where you play as a spirit of this island of which there are like some people that already live there. And then the problem that is coming in are settlers, are colonialists, and they Mm -hmm. are coming to colonize your island. You've been here for eons. You are the spirit of this place. And similar to Pandemic's uh, disease or uh, Robinson Crusoe's just like the, sh- the the violence of the island. In this case, you are the violence of the island and you are trying yeah. to kick the colonists out. More importantly, you are trying to scare them so much that they don't want to do this anymore. They'd like to go yeah. somewhere else, please, actually. Yeah, it's it's a really refreshing theme because there are so many strategy games that have kind of a uh, Im- implicit... Uh, pro-colonial yeah. bent uh, that is not to get political on the show. I'm just gonna say it's kind of creepy. It's just sure. a little creepy. Right. Is that, will y'all let me have that? It's just <laughs> just let me have that, that one. Well, if you also, think about it, it's just kind of creepy sometimes. Yeah. Like, well, I don't, I, it's weird that there are so, I mean, it, it, the history of war gaming like is what it is, right? Like the, it's, some of yeah. it is steeped in sort of exactly that. So it makes sense that sort of the, the roots of that run deep and then that feeds into sort of why so many games are about that. But it is, yeah. it's refreshing for a game to just be like, where, well, let's turn that on its head. Like let's make it yeah. ag- specifically anti that. Let's make it against that idea. Um, let's I, flip it upside down turnaround <laughs> style, you know? And I feel like that's what Spirit Island delivers and the theme that's a fun yeah. it's just a fun idea you you haven't played a game with this yep. particular hook right um so yeah uh really love the theme a lot and i love all the art as well the the map 
Yeah. The map is so good. Right. The art of all of the individual spirits is really evocative. The... There's uh, Matt, you were telling me about one in particular that you're super into that has a Miyazaki bent to it. Yeah. It says Miyazaki level art, yeah, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the names of things are like really, really great. The, it, it, there's a there's a sense of this game where it's like we want to be evocative, but with since we're being like anti-imperialist, right? We we are we are very specifically not relying on like the terms of empire and the terms of warfare. We're instead relying on terms of essence and element and you know like we are yeah. spirits so the names instead of like the mentak coalition and the federation of soul your faction or your character names are shadows flicker like flame or the vital strength of the earth or a river surges in sunlight and this is the vibe of everything in the game yeah. you are immediately transported into this like ethereal plane it's just it's so i would say the thematics of this game are primarily what carry it it is also a strong mechanical game but you are constantly kept interested because you've just not played this these kinds of factions before you've not played this yeah. kind of character in a game yeah, so how do the factions function? Um, well, they have a, like, they have a pretty, there's, like, the kind of overlapping aspects, which are, there's not a whole lot, like, that is that. Right. Like, there are some things I can say that, like, each faction sort of has these tokens called presents yep. that they can throw onto the map, and once you have presents, you can use that to activate their abilities. Right. Their abilities are all very, very different from each other. Um, each faction also comes with their own power cards. Uh, that are set and customized to that faction. Some of them have like, or, or actually I think all of them have these sort of innate powers that are not represented on cards that are instead represented on the faction board. Yep. Think of like, that's what your, um, there's like your Twilight Imperium equivalent of starting units, I guess would be like how your presence is distributed. Yeah. Um, and they do a lot of, uh, there's a lot of variance between like, you know, how they are separated by these two different tracks that sort of determine like, how you have allocated yeah. your energy as far as like what you want to prioritize in each faction. Um, and then the power cards themselves, which carry with them uh, more abilities and have a sort of interesting tempo to them in yes. that they can only, they, they, there are two types. There's slow and fast that mm -hmm. get played at specific points in the round. And then also they sort of have a once used, they must be refreshed yeah. before they can be used again, which is, uh, definitely one of the harder parts to learn going into it is like, sure. what kind of tempo should I be going for? Yeah, there's some really, really crunchy stuff in this game. And I think that's what you'll see a lot of reviewers talk about is, I mean, that's, we'll talk about this more later, but that is certainly why this is like a game people in our audience like is yes. a game where there it warrants depth of conversation and a wealth of replayability and a lot of this sense of like, you could really learn a lot more to this game it can be that there's a huge difficulty slider to its cooperative leveling you you can start very easy and still kind of struggle with it for your early games but as you get better at it you can keep ramping the difficulty up by a lot it's like 20 levels of difficulty and like absol was telling absol's like a huge fan of this game and Absol has not ever come close to the, like the level 20 difficulty stuff, right? The level 20 wow. difficulty stuff sounds like the people who are like absolute freaks for this game have to design like 
red yarn strategies. <laughs> you know, they have a board behind them describing the exact perfect, uh, like, set of factions that can accomplish a thing. And that's where I think this game uh, maybe shines the most is... Hunter was describing the faction boards. They're kind of like a root faction board for fans of uh, things we've talked about in the past. You know, every faction has a pretty different flavor of thing it's doing, more so than a TI faction. A TI faction has a few abilities that are different, but they all fundamentally operate on the board the same. Whereas mm -hmm. a root faction is like doing quite different things with its area control and with its board presence. And I think that's really similar in Spirit Island. What's beautiful about Spirit Island is you're doing all of that together. Whereas Root is this complicated, we have to work together to defeat each other game. Spirit Island, we get to actually just all work together. But the way they ramp up the difficulty is like, some things are probably going to be like impossible for particular faction matchups, right? The, you, you, you On your faction, you get sort of a classification of style a, a more defensive yeah. faction a more offensive faction a, a support faction you have right. these like kind of uh classes uh, classes almost. and you have to make like a balanced team if you want to succeed or you have to know what you you have to know the weaknesses of your team to know what you have to try to avoid with you know, like if you went all offense you would have to go into your game knowing we have no defense y'all so we have to be pushing the attack at all times right and and that is where a lot of the replayability of this game would come from and especially you can kind of get like different scenarios like the the style of invader can be different from game to game and what there's a lot of room for is like the idea of like if you're playing against this thing these are the recommended factions that play well against or whatever like it, it, the right. game can be so hard that you actually have to like develop a perfect strategy against it it's not like you can just like willy-nilly dive in and expect to win every single game at all difficulties yeah um i did me and shauna shelton did poorly in our first game because we didn't have enough offensive power yeah because we did not really take it very seriously yeah. i don't know when a game says you need this this and this i always feel like i'm like yeah but we should just play whatever we want right sure. and then we actually kind of messed it up we didn't do very yeah. good <laughs> and uh the computer was kind of kicking our butt uh for most of the time and it was because nobody wanted to play the offensive roles they yeah. thought they looked boring and everybody wanted to play the weird you know i i was playing a defensive faction and Shelton was playing a faction that was really interested in inspiring fear, which yeah. is a mechanic that we'll get to in a little bit. Um, and then I think Sean was playing like the water faction that honestly, I still don't quite yeah. understand um, because I think all it, it seemed like it was like, it pushes the guys around. Yeah, it's yeah. like, that's, I can see how that's good. Uh -huh. Is it really good? Mm, I don't know. I would say sometimes that's where the, the strange ethereal, uh, uh, like setup of these factions can really uh hurt you it's just the sense of like you can grab a faction and like look at its art and be like i don't know what that means for this game like i don't know <laughs> i don't know what that's what i'm supposed to do with that information you know right. you can you can look at like the abilities of i don't know the the mentac coalition and be like yeah they're pirates i should do piratey things but when you right. look at a thing that is like it's a bunch of eyeballs and trees okay uh i will figure out what that means later i guess it yeah. says it's defensive that's interesting an interesting right. note there thank you board game yeah that's actually a really good point uh with most games you have a lot of preconceived notions when it comes to faction abilities yeah. in in games because of a lot of overlap if i tell you yeah if i tell you it's a pirate faction 
and you're gonna you're gonna connect that to other games you've played where pirates behave in this way or just you, you don't even have to have played any other games like the idea of oh they're pirates i can imagine that being gamified or you know if i tell you here's the money faction they're good at making money you're like all right i can gamify that yeah it's pretty hard to gamify you know a a just a a wave like a wave yeah like a big wave. Hey, I'll I'll go you know? one step further. There's a lot of expansions for this game. One of them is called Fractured Days Split the Sky. And the way this was explained to me is this is the spirit of the progress of time. <laughs> so, in, I mean, you know what that means, right? In your board game, you know what it means to be the effervescent spirit of time itself and how that yeah. might interact with colonialism it's obvious to all of us so we can just right, move on right. from the explanation i think yes of course of <laughs> course very straightforward i always talk about theme in board games as if it is supposed to be evocative but also aid the player yeah. <laughs> and i'm not sure the aid the player part is actually happening in spirit <laughs> island at all yeah not really sure you are aided by this theme but it's so cool. I don't really care. To it's be more honest. fun to not know what to do with that information, right? Yeah. To not to yeah. not have cliche to grasp to to be like I'm time, and it's time for me to decide what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. So, Matt, how do we lose this game? How how yeah. what, what are the bad guys' capabilities? That's what I would like to hear about. So, uh, th there's a there, as with any sort of uh, cooperative game, there's really like a handful of thresholds you can be trying to keep an eye on. You're trying to balance how you approach all of these things, right? One of them is quite literally just like if the game goes on too long, that's a pretty standard thing. There's a deck of cards every round. You're unveiling yeah. cards. If you hit the bottom of that deck, I'm sorry, you took too long to beat the game. That That's an took too obvious... long to beat the game, you lose. Yeah. You lose, you're bad. Um, yeah. The other really obvious one is there is a component known as blight in the game. As yeah. these settlers uh, ravage, quite literally ravage, the land and drain it of its resources, the areas on the map become blighted. You have a set number of blight tokens. You basically get to cross the threshold of too much blight once, and then that sort of resets the blight, and you, you are given a new number if you hit the second limit to those blight components and you get uh. too much blight on the board, you lose. So basically just the idea is if you let the settlers blight too much stuff, or even you can cause blight in your abilities in trying to rid the world of the settlers, you can blight something. A volcano can cause an eruption that blights the area that it filled with lava, sure. right? Yeah. Um, so sometimes it's a, it, you gain more, but you have to blight it. But if you get too much blight, you can lose. If you if you need to pull a blight token and there's none left, you can lose the game. Yeah, absolutely. In the base game, Matt, um, you just lose if there's if all the blight tokens are taken away. There's no second chance, which mm. is interesting. So you must have played something that there is a lot, and that's worth noting. Um, I only played the base game. Matt played with everything. Yeah. Uh, there is a lot of variance that is added to yeah. this game by having all of the expansions. And I am looking forward to playing it again with all of those expansions because there's so much right. to be added. And, and I'm sure I'm maybe even explaining something wrong. I'm sure there's Spirit Island people screaming at us. And guess what? That's why this show is the way that it is. Feel free to correct us on things. But from my memory, there was like a bank of blight. And then we hit a number and then we like d found a new number of blight we were supposed to hit. But I, I, I don't remember enough. I played one game and Absol and uh, Bort were both very good about uh, shepherding me through that process. So there's a lot of... Uh, minor details I'm going to have overlooked or missed or misunderstood. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Well, Matt, did you know that in the alliance mode for Twilight and... Just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, so the way you can win the game is actually one of my favorite aspects of it, which is that at the beginning of the game, your goal is, well, I got to get rid of all of these settlers. They can have settlers themselves, these explorers out on the map. They can settle towns, and then those towns can become cities. And if I want to yeah. win the game... I have to kill all of it. They just all need yeah. to go. Right. But over the course of the game, Hunter referenced earlier, a fear mechanic. I can constantly, through various actions and abilities and powers, I can add fear. I can scare uh, the settlers. So instead of just like outright killing them, I'm uh, adding to this fear counter. And every time the fear gets increased uh, at certain intervals, it uh, forwards our prog progress on this fear tracker and at certain intervals within that, we upgrade to a new phase of the game. And that phase is going to control a lot of different mechanics in the game. But the most important one is it takes away one of the things we need to do to win the game. So the first thing that it takes away, if we get into phase two, okay, we don't need to kill all the explorers anymore. We just right. have to kill all their towns and cities. If we can remove right. their infrastructure, the explorers will be scared enough that they'll just leave. And... That's probably a pretty hard task. I would say phase one, it's incredibly difficult to win in. Unless you're like playing on super easy mode and your goal, you've like set up a, your own personal goal of let's win in phase one or whatever. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. But outside of that, phase two, probably difficult to win in. So realistically, then your third goal is to get it to phase three, where you don't have to kill the towns, but as long as you can kill all of the cities on the map, you will still win the game. And that becomes like your actual main goal of the game is to be in phase right. three and make sure all of the big cities are wiped off of the board yeah you, it's also fun thematically because every time you unlock a next phase you're like there's like a deck of fear cards yeah. that you're like drawing from um and whenever you unlock a phase you generally have caused enough fear mm -hmm. uh that something good happens for you as well which is nice like that's just fun yes the idea of you all playing as these spirits and you're just trying to scare yeah. the bejesus <laughs> out of these colonizers. It's a it's a kind of guilt-free theme yeah. to just kind of get really invested in. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're kind of just like, I feel completely justified yeah. in being a huge jerk yeah. to these people, you know? And I kind of love that. Yeah, uh, the, the other aspect of that I love is that I think, at least in my game, and so this this is just my anecdotal experience, the game is really good about handing you bad things that happen, but then throwing right. you some bones and giving you some great... Yeah. Th like, I have played other co cooperative games where Robinson Crusoe is a great example of this, where Robinson Crusoe feels like every single second of that game is something bad happening to you, and you're just like, I hope we can hold on. Uh, and and it, right. it, it ends up, for me, feeling bad the entire time. It just feels bad to play. Whereas Spirit Island, like, you get some cards where it's like, oh, this, hey, this one was just all good for us. This These were just great things that happened that uh, give us the freedom to sort of breathe for a second. Um, that happened like three or four times. We like flipped over our card and was like, oh, dang, this really gives us the upper hand. And it feels like a fight that they get to have you get to have unfair things happen to you where you're like oh my gosh we just endured a huge hit but hey we might get lucky and we might come back from this and so it keeps you on the line whereas i think in those games where it's like 
always negative things happening, you can tell when it's just already gone too far. And you're like, well, there's no way we're going to, there's not enough luck in this game for me to come right. back from this. We might as well just stop playing. Spirit Island very much feels like a TI game, right? Where you, you can come back. You can have a horrible thing happen to you and still potentially find a way to eke out a, a win in the end. I, I think Spirit Island keeps you on uh, in that same way. Yeah, because a lot of the coordination in Spirit Island has to do with like, do you want to deal with the problem that we have right now? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to sort of concede that territory right. and try and get some tempo going forward into that next phase? Because the way that the settlers attack the island is through this very genius kind of card deck. And a, uh, a card will flip. The, the card represents like a type of tile yeah. uh, that is, you know, there'll be like a, like maybe like two in each player's like region yeah. uh, of this type, maybe three. I don't remember. But, um, and then as that card moves a along this little track, the settlers will do whatever that track says that they do. So at first they like explore and then they build and then they like ravage yep. or something like that. Yes. I don't have the rule book That's in right. front of me. That's right. Oh, did I get it? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, so you sort of see, you know, maybe they're going to ravage in the mountains. And it's like, ah, oh, well, they're doing really well in the mountains. So maybe we don't do anything about the mountains. Maybe we set up yep. because the next place they're going to ravage in is the forest. And if we make sure that once we get to forest, we're doing pretty good. Right. And I, I really like that yeah. as a... Um, cooperative way of talking about the game it's yep. constantly about like where should we be allocating our resources what should we be doing and how is best for everyone to be optimal yeah um i find sometimes in this game it's very resistant to the type of quarterbacking that you might expect from a game like pandemic because i find that or at least at my level of play it's very hard to take in each faction's like kind of whole deal yeah uh, so you can sort of suggest in abstract ways like, oh, we should do something about this over here. And then maybe somebody pipes up to be like, oh, I can do something about yeah. that, you know. Um, and I really like that, yeah. you know, type of cooperation. Um, I do wonder what it looks like at a higher level of play because I was playing all newbies. Right. We're all, we were all new to the game. And so there was a lot of, you know, us trying to figure out how to cooperate with these abilities and a lot of talking about the problems and then someone, yeah, chiming in and being like, I've got something for that, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I do wonder what it's like when one person could just come up with the game plan. Yeah. And I wonder if that's even possible. I don't know. I, I do think there's such a dense game. And in some ways, that's a drawback to it. But I don't think that's a drawback for anybody in our audience. When you see other reviewers talk about it, they're like, well, it's not very approachable. And it's like, well, we're not worried about that here. We are, we, we're talking to freaks. So it's fine. <laughs> the approachability is not a concern for us. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do think because there's just so much in the game, especially if you're trying to play with some relative. I mean, honestly, I would say like. This game would be best if you put like a timer on turns, basically, because then you yeah. just reduce any ability for anyone to do quarterbacking because it's just like I didn't have time. Like I didn't have time. Yeah, I have to read all my stuff. You have to read all your yeah. stuff. We just yeah. got to come to the game. We just have to come to it. And and that's where I think the flexibility of difficulty is the best part of it by by offering a lot in that respect. Whereas, you know, I've, you know, I've played a lot of pandemic. There's three levels of difficulty in pandemic. It's not there's not much to that. 
But in this game, with there being such a large amount of curving of the difficulty, you get to make the experience exactly what you want it to be. This is how I feel about root cooperative play, but the reality of root cooperative play is it's kind of an afterthought, right? The bots yeah. exist to try to be like Spirit Island, basically. Right. Like, yeah. you're not really playing a cooperatively built game. Whereas with Spirit Island, everything is considered with that greater mechanism in play. Um, so you get to think about these difficulty things as like, our group thinks fast. We don't waste a lot of time, but we're really smart and good at this game. We can do the higher difficulties and it not sully the experience too much. Whereas a, a, a less experienced group could be like, we're still eking this out. We're going to just make sure we keep up the pace of play to be something interesting. But that means we should lower right. the difficulty to be something where we can um, fly by the seat of our pants a little bit, right? We can just yeah. be reactionary. And you could just play a reactionary game if you want to. It doesn't mean you're any worse at the game, if that makes sense. It means, I mean, you're probably early enough where you just don't understand as much about it. But you're also, like, choosing a play style is how it feels to me. The same can be said of, like, the factions you choose, right? At level 20 difficulty... Yeah, you probably can only even succeed with incredibly calculated specific builds, right? Yeah. You've got to be this person. You've got to be this. It's got to work perfectly. That's for that style of play. If we want to play where just like everybody's bringing whatever faction they want, then we're going to scale that difficulty down because that's going to make it still an approachable but complicated and difficult task to to uncover or whatever i i think that's the beauty of letting this thing be so flexible is it doesn't become one thing's just better than the other thing it's like it has a role to play in a particular style of play yeah i i the way the game the game feels like it contains like a lot of it almost feels like twilight imperium 3 to me it seems mm -hmm. like there's a million different ways to play this game yeah and it's not really that concerned with delivering the like, here's the way the chef intended to eat yeah. type recipe, which is cool. Guess what? That's cool, yeah. actually. Um, especially if I have confidence that all the different ways to approach the game are really fun and interesting. Right. This is a game that you, I think, I think the ideal situation would be to play it every week mm -hmm. or like months, yeah. basically. Right. And just kind of see what's all in there. And I think it's, you know, for the for the nature of this episode, I did, you know, three weeks. Um, I did three three games yeah. of of playing this game and thinking about it in for pre-production for this episode. It probably it would have been four, but we had, you know, there was Thanksgiving yeah. or whatever. Right. Um but yeah, three games went into this episode. But I would love to just play this game every week yeah. for about six months. Absolutely. Um, and I think there's absolutely a game. Ab I think there's absolutely <laughs> a game in there that is worth that level of investment. Yeah, um, I, I and agree. And that's why it's up. It's it's like it, it makes sense for us to be talking about it because we're all about, yeah. you know, spending a lot of money on a board game and then just draining every yes. single drop from it. Right. Well, okay, let's speak candidly about that then. What what are why do we care to talk about this game and what are we talking about with this game? What makes this an SCPT game? Something I think we were saying before we started recording is like this could be the only time we ever talk about Spirit Island or maybe this is the first of many times we talk about Spirit Island and kind of what is it we're thinking about when we 
play Spirit Island? What are we? I don't know. What are we after? What's the goal here with uh, playing so many like new games recently? Yeah, well, I think that we're thinking about uh, widening the scope of the show. Sure. And what what I think that Spirit Island has that I'm excited about is it feels like the type of game that could benefit from a very regimented mm -hmm. if you are sitting in this seat playing as this faction here is what we think you should do yeah. type research um and i want to go ahead and highlight there is already a podcast that talks about spirit island yep the kindred spirit podcast and i checked it out it's great i think those people are doing a lovely job yeah. and they hey, seem like wonderful sweet people shout out to out. them they reached out to us yeah. they wanted to partner up I don't think our time frame worked with this, uh, but you know, shout out to the fans of that show that that connected them with us. And you know, yeah. I intend to like be able to reach out to them more. You know, it'd be great to do something with them. This was a bit of a time constraint on us to make this one happen. But going forward, you know, they, they seem like great folks to to try and do something with down the line. Yeah. Also, I wanted just me and you to be like dumb about this game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. like they would bring like smart perspective and stuff. And <laughs> we don't it's have not time really for that, that kind of show. Yeah, we don't have time for that. We don't have time for your knowledge of the game. Okay, well, <laughs> let's let's we will we'll hang out sometime, though. I want to hang out with those people. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so I would love for us to be able to tackle this game or some other game yep. at the level that we have done Twilight Imperium, perhaps while we simultaneously continue yeah. to do that with twilight imperium maybe sure. even at the same time maybe even on top of each other <laughs> we don't know we don't know what we're going to do yeah um, but i know 2023 is probably going to bring that in some form we've done it in the past yep uh and we'll do it again yep. and we'll, we'll we'll you can't stop us i, I think audience. it's a process we enjoy uh and all we're trying to learn now is what's a new way of presenting that process right with with yeah. root and dune the, the only thing we came up against is the idea of, you know, we don't love it when a Root episode takes a Twilight Imperium episode off of your shelf, right? Yeah. That was a necessity of the time. I mean, we, we couldn't just, like, double up episodes or whatever. Um, right. And I don't know if that's still true or not, but, like, that's what we're trying to investigate at the moment is, like, how can we... We want to keep learning other crunchy games worth diving into, but we got to know how the show is, how is it appropriate for us to approach those other games uh, beyond right. just like a, oh, one-time Galactic Council episode where we sort of talk about it for a little while. You know, we want to, right. we would like to do more. We just have to figure out what that looks like. And so I think that's a, what a lot of 2023 20, is going to be, is sort of experimenting with how to still do deep dives um on other games because that's fun and engaging to do and and i also think you know with twilight imperium we we have a bevy of guides and there's still more stuff we can do but i'm interested in sort of having smaller chunks of things if that makes sense a yeah. small chunk of a spirit island episode that gets to be partnered i mean kind of like what we're doing today although today's first chunk was like an announcement thing right but like can we have smaller piecemeal twilight imperium chunks that are also with a spirit island chunk and it can it, you know a little bit more of like a variety show or something i don't know hunter and i are literally speaking off the cuff here of like deciding what this stuff wants to look like but we're expressing an interest of of things we'd like to do and and the types of suggestions i think we want to get from our audience you know more games that you think are deserving of deep dive stuff and and why and we can sort of i don't know figure that out together i i think yeah i think so too 
Um, and I think, yeah, trying to figure that out is going to be a big question for, um, I would say, the next season yeah. of Space Cats Peace Turtles. Yeah. Whatever that means. But let's answer the question. Is Spirit Island a Space Cats Peace Turtles game? Yeah. Whatever that means. Uh, I think it absolutely is. And I think that if you are listening to this and you have never tried it, um, you should check it out. Yeah. I think it is essentially the the cooperative game yes. that has that level of Twilight Imperium crunchiness to yes. it that if you're interested, you should check out. Yeah, it um, entices me because you can see the depth to it, but it's such a distinctly different problem to solve yeah. which is because mm -hmm. it's cooperative right the difference between um well let's let's I'll, I'll lay it out like this here here's the process right twilight imperium we love it we keep doing it we'll talk about it forever for the rest of our lives we start wanting to talk about a game too because it just seems like it would be fun we do dune dune we enjoy enough our groups don't necessarily enjoy playing so it's hard to get to the table we don't really right. like playing it online but the game is cool but also the game ends up not rewarding us for the deep dive, basically, because right. there's a lack of uh, rules grounding some some big uh, critical elements of the game, sort of uh, keeping it on track or whatever. Yeah. Um, so Dune, we end up kind of bouncing off. I would even say those last couple guides of like the faction guides for Dune became like a, we got to get these out because we got to like experience all the factions. But by the end of it, it was like, oh, my gosh, these are hard to write. Like, these are extraordinarily right. difficult to write. And we're really relying on the intelligence of other people to, like, even get them out the door, basically. That's how Dune right. felt to me. And then Root was our next attempt. And I had great fun with it and still do uh, the, the, the whole time. The big thing with that was the, the question of structure of, like, when are we doing Root episodes? There's a lot more Root to do. And are we going to just like not talk about Twilight Imperium for four months while we talk about Root? right? That doesn't make any sense. Right. We can't do that. Uh, but we love talking about the game. And outside of that, you know, the guides sort of wrote themselves in terms of, um, you know, we have a faction to talk about. We talk about how to play it. And the thing we always wanted to do. And I'm so happy that the Woodland War Machine podcast sort of got to become the weekly Root flavor thing. And they got to do... Uh, the other idea we talked about a lot and, and they brought all of their own flair to it, but it's the versus guides in their episodes, which for us was going to be like a, how do you play against the eerie? How do you play? Right. Against? Because sometimes that's more the game than anything. I thought, I think their episodes that are uh, organized that way are really, really cool and interesting. And so for spirit Island, that kind of stuff really entices me. The idea that this is an entirely different genre. I don't know what a strategy guide for spirit island necessarily looks like i think we have yeah. these factions to look at and that could be one touchdown there's 24 factions right now that's as many as ti and there's an expansion coming next year with eight more there are 32 oh, factions dear. could there be 32 episodes of talking about a specific faction i don't know because so much of that is about how that faction maybe combos with another faction in your game for the challenge you're up against so does the does a faction does, does a guide for spirit island actually look like this is what we're up against. Let's talk about that. I don't know yet. I don't have the answers to these questions. I'm genuinely asking them. But that's sort of what the exploration of these kinds of games looks like to me. Is like, let's figure out what it even means to get good at this game. What are the important factors right. to get good at? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, like, it, it, and it, and it definitely has, like, I think if we did a Spirit Island season, like, it would have to take into consideration all these different 
ways of playing the game, yeah. which would be very difficult. I mean, it's like, I wonder how much research would be necessary in order to do a faction guide right. for Spirit Island. I almost feel like we would have to kind of figure out like, what is the main way that people play this game? Uh -huh. And if you're listening and you have a suggestion for that, please, yep. uh, you know, check out the, uh, the Discord channel for this episode yep. and let us know like, what way do you play Spirit Island? Like, what do you feel like is the canonical way? Sure. You know, Matt, um, one thing we, we failed to do that I kind of wanted to do was to get into the types of factions that we gravitated, gravitated sure. to because it's really funny. We did not play with each other. We both for some reason going into this game wanted to play the defensive yeah, action <laughs> like that's yeah. kind of weird that we both thought to do that yeah um we both played as the uh there's these rock titan people i forget what they're called the vital um, strength of the earth yeah that um, <laughs> we would have to come up with some really stupid nicknames for all these i factions. love that. that excites me more than anything else just to be clear to talk about the fanatics <laughs> of these things it, it like there's great stuff in there. I would I would spend ten minutes just waxing poetically about what any of this stuff means. Anyways, yeah, continue. Yeah. <laughs> but we played as that, and then I I played um, two games. In fact, as the uh, the sort of growth, like the kind of uh, the kind of growth of the forest type. Yeah. Uh, it's literally like the forest just kind of grabbing people. Yeah. What is it called? I don't know what it's called. It's called something. Uh, anyways, the point is. Uh, uh, they were both defensive factions and they were really fun to play because I felt like I was able to kind of slowly get a grip on what I also like, you know, anytime you're going to play a game that uh, feels a little unfamiliar, I always like to play the faction that I feel like has the most in common with games I already play. Sure. And to me, the defensive factions seem to be the closest to area control. Yeah. You know, they're sure. very much about getting their presence yep. on the board and in a significant uh, amount so that you can actually use their abilities yep. um you know wherever you want instead of being you know some of the factions are very like you know they're, they they kind of sprint onto the map yep. and they can do a lot but only in this area and oh, i can't get quite over here yeah you know well and and what's cool about it though is in playing a game you know you're playing one faction you're sort of keeping your eye on that ball but you're paying attention to what your other players are doing and what i learned in my game of it is like i started with the defensive power but i learned I think I want to play like off like one Bort was playing as a volcano looming high, literally just a massive volcano. And that's like a mostly offense and utility faction with a little bit mm -hmm. of fear. These are the elements, offense, control, fear, defense, and utility. And what I learned is the more I'm going to learn Spirit Island, I think offense and utility sound very cool. A lot Ooh. of like splashy make a thing happen right now really quick uh sort of sort of ability um and and maybe it's not towards the broader long-term goals but it's just like a you need to you need to call in the reserves here we are hup, 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 and like make a big crazy thing happen and yeah. that lets us yeah. hold out for one turn longer that sounds cool to me where i'm like checked not checked out for half the game but i'm just like here to help the team in whatever way i right. can and then i right. get my one moment of glory that that sounds fun as heck to me as, as the kind of factions i want to play yeah, I think that sounds super fun, uh, and I am excited about exploring uh, more of that in the future. So yeah. thank I, I want to thank the Galactic Council so much for bringing this game to us and insisting over and over that we play <laughs> yeah. it. Y'all were absolutely right. This was like the most fun I've had playing a board game that I didn't really know anything about yeah. like before. Like, yeah. like, like this game really surprised me, um, and I cannot wait to uh, play more of it. Of course, I won't get to... <laughs> 
because <laughs> I have to learn how to play Sidereal Confluence, <laughs> it looks too. like. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we need to play that next. Yeah. Uh, but, I think you know. That, that's part cool. of what's fun about this this weird moment we're in with the process is we're, we're actually now just exploring kind of a bunch of games at once to see if any of them, like, really click in a very special way. And it's nice that Spirit Island is but we're also not going to pot commit ourselves like we did with dune right it's like let's yeah. try a lot of things and then just yeah. see what what we want to do the most i think that's the part of the process we're in right now yeah i think so too um do we have any closing statements for spirit island do we have anything we want to say about it before um, we get out of here i mean I, I will say galactic council don't go nuts yet we both really like it we're going to keep playing it i cannot guarantee you there will be more spirit island episodes i yeah. would like to maybe try that but I don't know yet if that's going to happen. I, what I would guess is, I mean, I'd love to do a, a, like a Spirit Island stream sometimes too. I didn't, I didn't want to stream my teaching game because that's a very slow process. Nobody yeah. needs to see that. Um, but, you know, it would be quite a lot of fun to do, you know, some more Spirit Island streams and stuff and do, do little light content before we figure out if, uh, if we can dig deep into this thing or not. Um, so, you know, don't get ahead of yourselves. Like Hunter said, we got to play Sidereal Confluence too and see if that actually blows our mind even more. I have no, I literally haven't played a single game of it yet, so I don't even know. But, um, you know, it, we will see uh, if we've got games on the horizon that tickle our fancy even more than this game did. But this game definitely did. So also just be excited about that, that, that there's a pretty strong chance of more Spirit Island stuff to come. Yeah, I would love to... I would love to play this game at a much higher level because yeah. the first time I did not take this game very seriously. The first time we sat down to play it, mm -hmm. um, we very we we started playing it very cavalier, Michelle and Sean, and man, we just started <laughs> getting our butts handed to us. It was it was embarrassing That's how good. much we were just getting stomped. Yeah. And I liked that. It yeah. made me instantly be like, "That's kind of cool that this is a game that you open it up, you get it out the box, and if you don't take it seriously, <laughs> it's like, all right, well, you're gonna lose then. Yeah, you're just gonna be losing now." And I'm like, "Whoa, okay," because I, I, you know, I approach it like I'm a gamer. Yeah, <laughs> I game. I you know. played Pandemic once. I <laughs> I played Pandemic once. I'm a big deal. I'm the winner of Tournament 5 of the Space Cats Peace Turtles Patreon Tournament. Okay? I'm already won it. I'm already won it. He already um, done won it. Yeah. No, All I'm right. going to lose in the qualifiers, obviously. That's fine. You're going to probably lose to one of these people. Thanks to our Weird Bears, Big Al Cappuccino, Squeamish Emu, Brasbird, Kaluan, Jadim, Jedi, Carnal, John, Necrodice Twice, Kindred Spirit, Alice, Lord Raddington, Old Man GI, Bagels, M. Lashevsky, Sunfax, Absol, Ricky M44, Rwise, Wecker, and W.H. Chismar, and Mama's Lovely Larva, Patience is a Virtue, My Son is also named Bort, Nerf Zerg, Baldrick, Tautology is what it is, Frank G., Rekka, General Pith, Uncle Batty, Savant, Teddy's Jam for You, and Vince. Ooh, hey Vince. Um, <laughs> I don't know sure. why. That, I no, don't know why fine. they did that. Um, I got a couple things for Weird Bears and Mama's Lovely Larva. Um, I have reached out to every Weird Bear at this point. I haven't gotten all of the responses yet um, about doing another wave of Weird Bear shirts. Um, we have like numbers twenty-seven through forty-four that we're going to be making jerseys for. Um, so that order will be probably done around Christmas, as in, like, we'll have them, right. and then we'll mail them out. So you probably won't get them until, like, January. Right. Um, but if you have not seen the Discord message or email yet, please respond to that so that I can go ahead and send in that order. Also, if you're trying to sneak in last-minute Weird Bear style, 
um, like and get in on this shirt wave. Uh, I guess you can, but just go ahead and do that quickly. I would hate for you to to sign up for Weird Bear status and then it'd be like, all right, you're gonna have to wait a while before yeah. you get your shirt. Yeah. Um, also, uh, pins. Uh, I am sending in a huge order of pins to a manufacturer uh, that will hopefully get them to us around the exact same time. So pins are going out for Mama's Lovely Larva, and I still owe some little peace turtle pins as well. We're going to get all of that in the mail and go be completely caught up yep. on Patreon merch, Heck yeah. hopefully in time for the uh, naming of the new mm-hmm. uh, tier for next year, yep. which I don't... We have a couple ideas yeah. already formulating, and I'm really excited for some of the themes. Also, we, we're working on a couple things merch-wise that are really exciting that yeah. don't have uh, anything directly to do with Patreon merchandise yeah. um, because uh, next year we might be doing some touring yeah. uh, some around the United States. That is not Europe. Okay. Not We're not going to Europe yeah. or the UK, which is a separate place. <laughs> Uh, Homebrewers Guild, I don't have announcements for you because we, I'm in full organizing tournament swing. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to aim for really what ended up happening this year is a Homebrewers Guild uh, game every other month, which I don't know if that's upsetting to people, but that's the time frame that ended up working. I would love for 2023 to be more often than that. Um, but let's see how, you know, the qualifiers go and everything. But, you know, we're, let's get stuff together. I've seen a lot of people posting recently because of last week's episode, a lot of new ideas. I think that's super exciting. And I think the more ideas we just get posted in that channel, the more stuff we can decide to try uh, for next year. So please just keep that up. Let's let's keep sharing and swapping ideas for, for things to do in Homebrewers Guild games. And Galactic Council, this is November's episode. We have two December episodes coming up in like the next two weeks, basically, the next couple weeks. Your... January poll will be in next week's episode, basically, yeah. is, is what we're looking at. Uh, so all yeah. of you new Galactic Counselors that joined for the tournament, you know, stick around and you can vote on a January poll. And maybe we decide to do something bold and crazy with all of our new people hanging out with us. Uh, I don't I don't even know. We, we'll see what the yeah. Galactic Council poll is for January. I have an idea for a poll, and I think uh, I think you'll be quite excited about it. Um, uh, the, the listeners, not uh-huh. Matt. Matt won't be <laughs> excited about all. it. Actually, Matt is going to hate this idea. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell him as soon as we get done recording. I'm not going to tell you yet Great. Um, in, in case Matt doesn't want to do it. But I think sure. because we have like the most Patreon people yeah. that it, it, we should do a poll like this anyways um i also want to say uh yinsterhood um not uh not today not when this episode comes out but tomorrow on the first of december um i'm going to be looking for people to play that mock tournament game uh with me so i will be posting in the yinsterhood channel looking for five players to play a little bit of twilight imperium on december 18th probably in the a.m yeah. uh, for eastern time so Check that out if you want. I'll definitely, I want to prioritize people that I have not played with for sure in a while. Yep. Um, although a lot of times it ends up being like, well, not a lot of people can play and that's yep. understandable. And then I play them, you know, with Carnal and Kaluin again, <laughs> you know, and then uh, Kaluin wins or Carnal wins or, or I beat Carnal. Sometimes I beat Carnal. Oh, interesting. But never Kaluin. Kalu- so, yeah. It's weird how I, that I, works. I think when I, even when I win, 
and Kaluans in the game, I feel like I'm like, you know, Kaluan kind of won that. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of how I think <laughs> a of it. A moral victory for Kaluan, if not yeah, a, yeah. an actual victory. Yeah. Hey, absolutely. you can also uh, rate this podcast on your app of choice and give us that five-star rating because algorithms exist and computers control everything. So why not let our score get higher? Uh, you can also go to our website, spacecatspeaceturtles.com, for information about our Patreon, our Twitter, which, you know what? Twitter's kind of getting phased out. I'm going to stop talking about Twitter. Uh, I don't care about I'm trying to leave. I'm trying to leave that. Oh, really? You're joining line. that train? You're joining that train of people saying Twitter's over and getting off Twitter? Have you been on Twitter recently? <laughs> it's gotten yeah, I never, weird. I, listen, hey, I just want to say this for all you hypocrites out there uh-huh. that are suddenly saying Twitter's bad. Uh, no, 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 I no, no, never no. liked Twitter. I know. I was never a part you're, of Twitter. You're wrong in your understanding of what's been happening is everyone always knew that Twitter was bad, but there were maybe a couple positives and all of the positives are going away. And so everyone's able to go, wait, I really actually don't know why I'm here anymore. All of this <laughs> is horrible and there's no benefits. So I don't know. Um, anyways, all that's to say, you can also go to just our disc. Just hang out on our Discord. That's where we talk to Discord's people. Discord's better than if Twitter. If you want to interact, just let's talk, let's talk on Discord. It's so much more fun. You can also check out our merch at our website. And like Hunter said, keep an eye out because there is wickedly cool merch coming up. Uh... Our artist, Sun Sanders, is doing work that everyone should be jealous of. I'm so stoked for the cool stuff coming up in uh, in the merch category. So yeah, uh, there yeah. you go. And also, uh, just a kind of just a kind of vaguely gesture. Um, if you happen to live in the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. maybe be on the lookout for us yeah. uh, to be around. Yeah. Uh, maybe sometime in next year kind of yeah. in the early part yeah. yeah it could be a thing keep your march open i don't know keep your march open. yeah yeah keep your march open i don't know keep your march open i don't know keep your march i don't know keep your march open i don't know five get rate us five stars and just say keep your march open <laughs> you know five stars keep your march open <laughs> you know Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>